0: Welcome to Classic and Curious, a podcast dedicated to exploring today's classic-styled life. I'm your host, Ann Kakoski, and each month I'll be sharing conversations with some of my favorite personalities in travel, entertaining, fashion, and decor. We will explore how they elevate their everyday with timeless classics reimagined with a modern sensibility. So grab a cup of coffee or glass of wine, whatever suits your fancy. We hope to inspire you, make you laugh a little, and look forward to every engagement. Happy holidays to all of the listeners. As you know, Classic and Curious is a podcast showcasing my favorite personalities and brands that complement a classic-styled life. Since it's the holidays and the season of letting our hearts be light, it is a chance for me to invite one of my dearest friends on the podcast. I am joined by the James O'Toole from Chicago, Chi-Town, as we call it, and Jim, as I call him. We will be sharing our list of favorite holiday classic movies. Jim has a love for classic movies. You name the movie, he has watched it. He has delighted me with his point of view and one that I cherish today beyond just the movie topic. His insights on the characters, storyline, funniest moments are just a few of the reasons he has become my go-to to discuss movies in general for this episode. Jim and I will be sharing our favorites of the season, some vintage, some modern, but all with a timeless message, a message that should be embraced not just during the holidays, but all year long. We intend to put a smile on your face, inspire a movie night, and perhaps plan a favorite cocktail to accompany the evening. Cheers to friendship and the movies that make our season merry and bright. Let's chat. Hello, classic and curious listeners. What a fun holiday episode this will be. Hello, Jim. Welcome. Hi, Anne. Thanks so much for having me. So great. And, you know, I think about our love for classic movies.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think about our friendship. And I think about how we met. And for the listeners, Jim and I worked together at Banana Republic for years. Mm -hmm. And we worked in Chicago together. And we had many retail holidays, which anybody that works in retail certainly knows what those long hours are like. Mm -hmm. And my dear friend and I both always talked about classic movies. Who were we in the past? What was our past life? And if we were in the movie, which character were we? And it became so fun. And the women, if you know the original women, the movie with Rosalind Russell, and that amazing sweater with the eyes. (laughs) And then it was redone with Meg Ryan. Do you remember that? I do. And that became a girlfriend's weekend in Chicago. And we just fell in love with talking about old movies, talking about classics, talking about the lessons they teach us today, and how things that were themes in movies back then... Really became themes in our world today. And they never really grow old in terms of heart and mind. They're probably really just old in terms of when they were filmed. And some of the movies we're going to talk about today around holiday is they're not so old. So some of them are kind of modern classics and some of them are kind of old. But we got together before this recording and we said, let's share with the listeners our favorite movies the life lessons they taught us, the favorite scene from that movie, and obviously, of course, we're gonna talk about the best fashion statement in the movie. And then we thought we'd close it out with, if you're watching this movie, what drink should you have in hand? So we thought, let's have some fun. So when you're driving in the car or driving to a family's house, or you're cooking for a soiree, or you're getting ready to watch a holiday movie yourself, you're listening to this episode, and its intention is pure enjoyment. So, Jim, are you all ready for this?
1: Absolutely. I can't wait. This is a highlight of the week.
0: <laughs> and listeners, we both have a cocktail in hand, so we are ready to go with this. So, cheers to you, Jim. So, we're going to start with It's a Wonderful Life. And this was a movie we both, it hit both of our lists. Absolutely. So we both said, if we had to pick one, it's a wonderful life. So I'll start just to kind of give it the rhythm. Mm -hmm. So life lesson when watching this movie, and we all know Jimmy Stewart, just what a gentleman. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, the movies were just so buttoned up. Absolutely. It's so buttoned up. No swear words.
1: Classic Americana.
0: Right. Black and white, maybe some color here and there, but just amazing. And when I think back, the reason why I watch It's a Wonderful Life every year, I think for me, it's just reminding me, you never know the power of your own touch.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: There are days that we all kind of feel that, do we make a difference?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Or do people really value what I do? Or why am I doing this over and over? And the stress and the mounting of the stress can get unbearable. And I think for me, it's a wonderful life, just really kind of reminds us, even in this modern day, ever so important now with the struggles that we see with mental illness, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I feel like. This is a movie that just reminds all of us that you have to believe that you touched a soul, even if it's only one, and that life would be different if you weren't here. So I think the life lesson for me there is, if you touch a soul, you make a difference. Is just beautiful. And your thoughts on it?
1: Absolutely it's great. I I think it speaks to somebody who wants to constantly improve, who wants to do right by his family, is a very what they used to call stand-up guy, right? Yeah. And I think that that's very, very classic. It's very strong. I think it's sensitive as well. But I do think it also shows connectivity of life. And I think you touched on that because everything you do interacts with other people, and it has a ripple effect, right? It goes on and on and on.
0: Totally agree.
1: And there's so much that each person brings. I think this story really shows it well, and I think he does it in a way that's easy to understand by anybody watching it. So I think it's a really good must-see for holiday season.
0: I totally agree. And it's funny, I was reading something, I follow Maria Shriver, Mm -hmm. and she was kind of she did a post recently on this movie specifically and gave some context around Jimmy Stewart had just gotten this role after serving in World War II. Yeah. And some of the emotion around the disparity that is, you know, exemplified in his acting is real and drawn on some of the experiences. And when I read that from her. I went back and watched the movie again. Mm -hmm. And I just, I thought, how real is that? And how beautifully done. So I just felt like I had to mention that. So favorite scene. So I'm going to turn this over to you. What is your favorite scene in the movie?
1: My favorite scene is honestly when he gets shown the timeline of events of things that wouldn't have happened had he not been born. And I think often people wonder about what if, right? What if I wasn't here or what if I'd taken, you know, a different path? What if I'd made a different choice? And I think there's not really a great way to project that across. across someone's life. But this is a really quick snapshot. And I think it illustrates. And again, I think it makes somebody feel important. It it shows the value of life and it shows the value of connectivity. And I think it does it in a way that everybody really quickly understands. and, And you can get regardless of, you know, how old you are, man, woman, whatever. I think you're able to really understand that quickly. So that was impactful for me.
0: I couldn't agree more. And you know, even if you close your eyes and think of your own life and try to do that really fast, yeah, you may not see the impact on the other side. Yep. But I think there are many times I lay in bed at night and I just close my eyes. And you know, they say to practice gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. And I try to. Put images in my mind of things that I'm so grateful for. So I go to bed with a grateful heart. I, I think you're supposed to start each day with a grateful heart. I go to bed with a grateful heart. When I wake up, I just my head's already. What do I got to do at ten o'clock? But sure, I do think there is something around this movie that just grounds you in a good feeling around gratefulness and who you are. My favorite scene. It's funny. There's two of them, and it's probably not as related so much about the life lesson. But I do love when he's holding Mary and he's shaking her saying, I don't want to get married. I don't want to do any of this. And he's like, you have to know I have goals. But his heart is leaping.
1: Sure. Because
0: he's ultimately so in love with her Mm -hmm. that he just takes her in his arms and just embraces her in the next scene as they're getting married. Sure. And. Her mother's like, oh, my God, and crying when they're walking out of the house. And his mother couldn't be more happy that he has Mary. So, I just love that whole expression of how love can just change a soul. You bet. Love overcomes a mind. And then my favorite from a comedy perspective is I love when him and Clarence are at the bar ordering their drinks, which, <laughs> which you know, just <laughs> cracks me up because <laughs> – My favorite character in the movie is kind of Clarence at the end and for so many reasons. But God, I just love that bar scene for so many different reasons, especially when he's asking the bartender for mulled wine. The bartender's like, this is a shot in a beer place. (laughs) So I just think that that's so funny. So fashion statement, like, do you have a favorite? I
1: do. I think Jimmy Stewart's suit are just their the cut, the clarity, just the way it it shows. He's a serious man and he's somebody who, you know, has aspiration. I think he takes himself seriously, but not too seriously. But I think he shows up. And I think when men wear suits, it means they show up and they show up really kind of ready for the day.
0: I love it. And pick the same thought process. My favorite fashion statement is that single-breasted tweed suit with the vest yep. and everything. And it's funny because it's kind of in this barley color and brown's the new color for 2024. So, like, I kind of loved that whole theory. But there is nothing better in my eyes than a man in a well-done suit. It's great. And I just think – I was looking at his collar and it was like – wasn't a button down. It was – I was trying to think. I think it's a spread collar with a striped tie. I, Can't quote me on that. But what I do love is I can only imagine that he probably had a pair of Oxford shoes on. Sure. You know, like I never looked at the shoes, but I could see the whole thing. But there is nothing better to me than a a great suit that a man wears. I think it's just, I don't know, there's something about a man in a suit that just takes me over the edge. It has to be really good, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, A bad suit. I'm like, you know what? You needed a tailor. You needed a tailor on that one, buddy. Nice suit. You're a nice man. Let me get you a tailor. Yep. But no, but there's nothing when a suit is fit Mm -hmm. to perfection. And Jimmy Stewart's suits were perfection in that movie. You bet. So what cocktail do you think you should have?
1: You know what? I think an old fashioned.
0: (gasps) I love that you said that.
1: I think an old-fashioned is just right. It sets the right tone. It ties everything together. It's kind of what I picture if I were at a party with Jimmy Stewart, what he would be drinking. And I truly think that George, in this case, be, would have an old-fashioned in his suit, and he'd be thinking about Christmas.
0: I know. I love it. And so funny, because I picked bourbon too. Mm-hmm. And we did not plan this, listeners. <laughs> so I picked a double bourbon, just like he ordered it in the bar with Clarence. I would have a glass, a 12-year-old Weller with little soft ice cube. I'm not a big ice cube girl in my bourbon because that dilutes the aroma and the flavor. Mm-hmm. And I would enjoy a 12-year-old Weller right down the hatchet watching that movie. It's great. So that's my thought on that. So let's shift to something a little funnier. Sure. Not that we don't love her. It's a wonderful life. But the Christmas story.
1: This, I have to say, I have a bias towards this. This is my all-time favorite movie. There are many that I like, but when it comes to Christmas, this solidifies it. I started watching this with my family many, many years ago, and I think it really, it's told from... The boy's point of view, from Ralphie's point of view, he's got a wry sense of humor, and he's got a really good, dry wit about him, and that resonated with me even as a youngster, but certainly as I've
0: advanced, <laughs> in age. I,
1: and I like I'll use the phrase "advanced in age," right? I think that's probably the way to way to put it at this point.
0: <laughs> We're like fermented wine, right? Get better with age, yes
1: that well stated i love it i think that's a perfect description but i think the the lesson for me around this is family in its quirkiness and its craziness really is where the heart is and i think there are so many moments in this that i just howl with laughter at there's the one where ralphie's father swears all the time and he repeats it, and they're all dumbfounded as to where he possibly could have gotten this from. And I think that's one thing. I think the part when his brother is bundled up, and I remember getting bundled up. My mom would bundle me up for school like that, not quite to that extreme where you couldn't literally put your hands down. But I, when she sends him off on his way and, and says, you'll put your hands down when you get to school. There are so many moments in that that I think speak to that time period. And they remind me of my grandparents and mother. And there are things that I've heard them say that are similar in that vein. I love it. And I think the two scenes for me that just absolutely even thinking about Make Me Howl is the first scene where the neighbor's dogs get in and they devour the dinner. <laughs> and i think his mother has worked this entire time to have a dinner and the neighbor's dogs that the father detests have devoured it right and that leaves them going out for chinese which is also another pastime of mine but we'll save that for another episode we did that christmas eve that's our tradition
0: oh my god i love that
1: and uh, so that's one. And then, of course, the number one is when Ralphie comes down the stairs in the handmade bunny outfit from The aunt.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and I think everybody probably at some point if you if you search your memory you've probably gotten a homemade gift from somebody that it, it's been one of those like great this is going to come out when he's here this is going to come out when she's here type of thing and and you just laugh about it and i think that is that's absolutely mine. And I I think those two together really kind of tie it up. And they just, the family's reaction, the mother trying to say she made that for you, the father and the brother just absolutely rolling with laughter. I think it's just, it's great. And I think it's just good fun.
0: I do think as you think about those life lessons, I do love what you said about the quirkiness of the family, because you know what, we're in this Instagram, Facebook world. I mean, you know, TikTok not so much does this, but this whole, how do I show my best edge or how do I show my best this, right? And the Christmas story, if you're looking for that, you're going to get just the opposite. (laughs) And I love how he's speaking from an adult point of view, going back and being brutally honest, right? Totally. Like he's not trying to fluff it. He's doing it. So for those of you that don't know, this was filmed in Cleveland and obviously that is my hometown. So the Christmas Story house is in Cleveland, and it is a thing that everybody goes to see, you know, the leg lamp and all. And the first scene of the movie is the Higby, Higbee store with the terminal tower. Mm-hmm. And my first retail job was at Higby's, that very Higby, as a Twigby elf, helping Santa in high school.
1: You're kidding,
0: so my favorite scene is that because, oh my God, I wasn't the mean girl helping to get up to Santa, but <laughs> I worked in the Twigby shop and helped them spend money for their parents and always picked out these cute little things, but I had that little green suit on, and I worked at Higby's, and I was a twig I was a Twigby girl, and so for me, when I see that first scene of Cleveland and the Terminal Tower in Higby's. It just brings me back to my childhood. You bet. And then I have to say, my brother Tom licked the side of our outdoor door. We lived in a bungalow on a small little street, and he licked the side door, and his tongue got stuck.
1: Just like this kid.
0: Just like the same. It was terrible.
1: Oh, God.
0: And oh, my God. I wish I was a good sister. I ran in and got my mom, but I couldn't go out. I couldn't handle it. I just ran to my room. But I never know how they undid it. But yeah, I saw the whole thing.
1: And as we say this now, you know, there is some child, probably a boy, and I'll speak on behalf of men, is probably a boy sticking his tongue to a lamppost just like that somewhere now.
0: I'm sure we can move on to the favorite drink because this was interesting. They take this movie pretty serious, and people throw parties yep. around this movie. So it was interesting when I thought about what cocktail would I have in hand. Mm-hmm. Do you know that there is a Red Rider Martini? No. Yes, there is a Red Rider Martini specifically made for the Christmas Story.
1: I did not know that. I think that's terrific.
0: I would have a Red Rider Martini, probably with a little shaker filled with two or three more. Sure. And I would love it. And I would look it up. Everybody look it up, Google it, red rider martini, and you will find the ingredients. And that is my recommended drink of choice for this movie. What's yours?
1: Mine would have been because honestly, because in my mind, so much of it takes place around Christmas morning opening, that it would probably be either a mimosa or a Bloody Mary. Oh, I love that. I think Just a great open the day, start the day with one of those two drinks, I think would be really, really right on.
0: You know what? If I look at the mom and dad, I definitely think they'd be Bloody Mary parents. Don't you think?
1: Absolutely.
0: I think they would be Bloody Mary parents. I think they would be totally it. Yeah, I could see that, especially the dad.
1: Especially the dad.
0: I almost said shot in a beer for this movie.
1: A Boilermaker. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: but when i saw the red rider martini on the internet i was like holy cow this this is a whole different one so that's so great so now let's move on to another one of your favorites just so we stay the course home alone home alone oh my god home alone
1: is unbelievable I think when you look at this, first of all, the cast that's in it is marvelous. They are all independently and collectively just fantastic. So I think there's that piece of it. I think the central story of this is how frantic we get during the Christmas holidays. And if you slow down for just one second, you will catch something you're going to miss. And I know that seems like the obvious piece.
0: So true
1: right? But it, there's so much joy and so much wonderment. And particularly for those of us in retail or consumer-facing environment that is kind of a, a frenzied time period right now, you blink and you miss it. You blink and it's the 26th. And that's a shame. Yeah. So I think the lesson for me is to slow down a little bit, take advantage of the time, don't miss something, or you'll miss something very important. In this case, a child, your child.
0: Yeah, right. Whoopsie.
1: <laughs> but I do think, you know, the lesson I take away from that is slow down, you know, and take full advantage of the season. It really only comes once a year.
0: Yeah, totally. And when I watch Home Alone, I mean, I just don't stop laughing. So really, there are certain movies you watch to be inspired. And they're just, I always say, classics aren't always meant to be about drama. There's rom-coms, there's comedies, there's light-heartedness. And I think during the holiday season, you watch a classic movie for all of those reasons, right? And so for me, Home Alone, I watch it just for pure laughter. Absolutely. And my life lesson is on this one, never underestimate someone younger than you.
1: Love that.
0: I mean, look what Kevin did to the bandits. Well, the wet bandits came. Are they the wet bandits in the first one or the second one? I don't know. I think the first one. First one, right? They're the sticky bandits in the second one or something like that. Yeah. So, never underestimate someone younger than you. And I love, too, how he learned that his assumption about the old man neighbor was incorrect. Mm -hmm. And that also warmed my heart in the movie. And I remember watching it for the first time going, oh, he looks like a creep. And then at the end, you see just the kindness of that old man for him and how they became friends. And so it's kind of for me, don't judge a book by its cover. And at the same time, don't underestimate someone younger than you. And you put the two together and you just laugh through the whole thing. And then don't always overserve a kid, coke. You know, I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> He's going to be the bed. You know, absolutely. Every, every family has a Fuller, right? You know, there's no doubt about it. So, what's your favorite scene?
1: You know what? I, I think there's two. I think. The first has got to be the obvious, where his mother, Catherine O'Hara, who is an unbelievable actress, when she literally, it dawns on her that she forgot him. And we've all had that one moment of panic. And I feel that I've watched this movie a zillion times, and I feel it every single time she realizes it. And that's one scene. And I certainly think Joe Pesci, you know, knowing him from all of the, the movies he's done across the spectrum. When you see him, you see him as the burglar or as the bandit. I think it's unbelievable. I think it just shows range and it's it's so much fun.
0: <laughs> you go from Goodfellas to Home Alone. I mean, come on, right there, right? A
1: little bit of trivia about this movie. The Home Alone house is in Winnetka, and I used to said the first Gap store I ever ran was in Winnetka in Hubbard Woods. And I used to pass that on my way to work and I would smile and nod. And of course, people would line up around the holidays and take a look at it and take a picture. But it was always something really interesting to pass by. It's a little bit of Chicago suburban lore.
0: I love that. And when Abby lived in Lincoln Park, we used to drive there. And how fun is that to look at that? Super. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So look at that. We just talked about a Cleveland and a Chicago, right? So I think my favorite scene in the movie was a couple. I I loved when two things, when he woke up and said, my family's not here. Mm -hmm. And the look on his face of pure, like utter joy, like my family's not here. (laughs) Because I mean, this is terrible. I don't want anybody to think I don't love my family because I do. But It's the whole idea of that poor little kid had the whole house to himself. Mm -hmm. And after the night he had, (laughs) you know, like, I just thought it was so funny. And but complimentary to that, it's when he sees his family for the first time when they come home. And it's just for me, it's again, be careful what you wish for, for sure. So drink in hand. I'll jump in on this real fast. But I mean, my gosh, this is the one movie I would say, Coca-Cola all the way. And if you have a little rum, that's up to you if you want to add it. But in the spirit of Fuller, there's nothing better than a Coke on <laughs> this movie. This is one where it doesn't necessarily need to have a cocktail yeah, to have some fun. But what would be yours if you did it?
1: It was funny. Coke was the overarching theme. And then the second one that I thought of... And I actually looked a couple of these up and I thought, you know, what would go well with this and 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 thought about it. And there's the chocolate peppermint martini
0: <gasps>
1: that has been recommended on three different sites while watching Home Alone. And I thought, there's got to be something to that.
0: I love that.
1: I think part and parcel of it is where it's filmed, the beauty of the neighborhood. I think that adds a little bit of fun, but I, you know, I, I like both options.
0: I love that. Well, you know me, you know what? I have a chocolate martini for another show later on when we talk. But I do think, and this is serious game. I'm telling you, Jim, if you Google these movies, I mean, there are menus to create. If you're watching this movie, there are theme parties, there are drinks. Like I thought, okay, let's do a podcast talking about our favorite movies with a favorite friend. And we just kind of give something very light to the listeners for the holiday season. They get to know me a little bit more. And you do a little research, no doubt anybody that does a podcast does that just to make sure that you're relevant. Sure. I did not know this is full-blown serious stuff. And the two that had the biggest thing Mm -hmm. around creating a party was A Christmas Story and Home Alone.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it speaks to the fact that these movies have an imprint. Yeah. They have an imprint on our culture. They imprint each of our families. And I think that, that they tell a story and they tell a story about the holidays in America. Yep, And in all its kind of wild and craziness, I think one of the fun things for me is the fact that my favorite outfits out of both of these movies actually belong to the kids. And I, it's it's not going to come as a surprise to you, but their classic wool sweaters, the striped pajamas that Ralphie wore, the little flannels that, that Kevin wore, that's actually how I dressed when I was a kid. No surprise again.
0: <laughs> I could totally see that. Right.
1: But I just laugh when I see that there's a part in Home Alone where the whole family is, they're all there and they're all in their cozy pajamas and robe. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful moment.
0: I totally agree. And it's so funny. And I'm glad you brought us back to that because I will go back to Ralphie and I will talk about Mm -hmm. Home Alone because I do think the same thing. Mine in The Christmas Story, and there are his glasses, right? Oh, big time. And there was an era, my husband had the same glasses as Ralphie, all truth be told. And then for Home Alone, it was the hat. Do you know if you go on Etsy that there has been over 75 reiterations of Kevin McAllister's hat with the gray and the oatmeal with the red reindeer? I did not. And it's not just on Etsy. It's other brands. Everybody has tried to replicate the Home Alone hat. And the Home Alone, I mean, there are parties that you can't get in unless you have that hat on. I thought that was awesome. Love it. And then Jim is not joking, everyone, just to have a little fun because I worked with Jim. He always had a signature like wool sweater crew neck with a woven underneath it. (laughs) He owns the Preppy Handbook. (laughs) He He is the ultimate black watch plaid man during the holiday season. (coughs) He is the preppiest male that I have in my life, and I wouldn't change him for the world. But when I say New England prep, he is the epitome. He could be on the cover of Town and Country, and if he lived in London, he'd be on the cover of Horse and Hound. I could just see it.
1: Well, those are my Christmas gifts for this year. So thank you. That was absolutely splendid. <laughs> and I will tell you a true story. And this, this I swear, is a true story. I was actually a sophomore in college before I actually realized that the preppy handbook was satirical. I actually thought <laughs> as a child that it was an instruction guide. And there were so many things that made sense. And I dog-eared <sighs> them. And I mean, my original copy had the spine broken. I mean, it was used and loved, and I carried that around forever and and finally had to replace it with a new one. But I laughed when I finally found out that was actually satirical. I'm like, you mean it's not an instruction manual? This made sense. So I thought I'd share that with you right now because that was a lot.
0: Oh, my God. I just love that and that is why you're my dear friend. I just love it. We could go on with stories for the listeners. Yes, absolutely. But then <laughs> and they would say episode part 2. Yeah,
1: right, right, sequel.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's jump into we have three more movies to get into and hopefully everybody will love these, but these are probably a little bit more modern classics and we're going to end with an old soul. So The Holiday, I have to say, it is my number one favorite movie of all time, although the next movie is right behind it and almost a tie. But for me, The Holiday is really, I just love the friendship that Iris, Kate Winslet's character has with Arthur. And you know that before my mom passed away, she, she gave me three pieces of advice. But the first one was never stop Making friends no matter how old you are. Love that. Even if there is an age gap. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I think about that, this movie really demonstrates friendship has no age associated with it. So I love that. Sure. The other part of this movie that I really love is believe in the game of chance. And we live lives that we have this plan. I want to get married. We have. Mm -hmm. pinterest board inspiration board from instagram everything is inspiration 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 i want this i want that i want this i'm planning this and you know me i'm a strategist at heart big time big time and yet this movie is just the epitome of chance sure allow chance to happen and look what happened in that movie nothing was predicted it really just happened and i love that spirit of that movie Plus the score, the original score. Sure. I mean, was off the charts. But go ahead. Your thoughts.
1: I was just going to say life can change in an instant.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And you've got to go for it. I think that's probably the, the takeaway that I have. And that I think that, that things happen very quickly and they will have an impact on your life. And so if you have an opportunity, just don't pass go. And, you know, I, I think that's really one that sticks out for me. And, and sometimes the best life choices come at an improbable moment where you wouldn't have been part of your plan, right? It would not have been part of like my five-step approach to how I'm going to do 2024. But I thought about this when we had this on our list. I thought there would probably be some times in the upcoming year that will present themselves to be something very different. What do you have to lose? Hannah, you got a lot to gain.
0: Yeah, so true. And I think that's so beautifully said. So it's great. I think my favorite scene is when Arthur walks in to receive his award Mm -hmm. and his, underestimating how many people would be there. And I think for me, it goes even deeper. The reason why it's my favorite scene is here is someone who was an Oscar award winner that was a writer that was behind the scenes that really had a story there. He felt like times changed. Mm -hmm. And how is that story still relevant? So, he didn't want to be embarrassed. Sure. And what that really taught all of us is our stories are relevant. And when he's walking in and he gets that award, I mean, to me, I had chills. I loved every other part of the movie, but for me, that was my chill moment in the movie where I felt like I got chills. It was so beautifully done.
1: I'd agree with that. I would second that as mine. I think it underscores that your life matters and it's never not going to be relevant, whether it's to you, to someone else, to a wider group of people. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that's a great, great holiday lesson to take away from it.
0: Now, my fashion statement, I'd have to say, in the final scene, I loved Kate Winslet's dress, the black dress she wore in. So, there's two. There's Kate Winslet in that dress with the square neckline, which I really love a square neckline. And I always love a thicker type of strap. Sure. there's some people that just love that really thin strap that Cameron had on in the final scene, which I thought was gorgeous. Sure. But I love a thicker strap. I love a square neckline. So that dress was more for me, and I loved it and admired it. What are yours?
1: I think the overarching aesthetic of the movie in its entirety was really beautifully done. And I think that it showed a lot of different moments that were glammed up or kind of taken to the next level. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are cues that you can do that throughout the course of the day, where just a little bit more takes it up a whole nother notch. And I thought the entire tableau of, of the way it was set up was great. I
0: think so too.
1: Yeah. I don't know that I would I don't know that I would narrow in on one specific one that I would say and, and I did in the other movies, but that this one was kind of an, an overall piece for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I could Diagnosed Jude Law this entire podcast and talked about every outfit he had on. He was splendid looking in that entire movie. So, my drink of choice for this movie would be red wine. Don't even get the glass, do what Cameron did, just right up to the old chugger. No, I'm only kidding. I think red <laughs> wine or champagne. You can decide because at the end they close with champagne and then her grocery store moment. And I thought, oh, the English pub, you could do a nice little lager. But this is one where when you have a party and it's wine and beer only, this would be a party. Watch the holiday. You don't need any other drink. It's beer, wine, or champagne.
1: I got to go with an ice cold beer. Oh, I love it. An ice cold beer would be just heavenly in a mug. And I think it would just it would set the right tone and it feels really good. It feels right and it feels like it would be a, a celebratory drink.
0: Perfect. And it would have to be a pint. Absolutely. Sure. Okay, so let's jump in, and we both have a common friend. And Jeff, if you're listening to this, I know you love this movie as much as I do, and you're probably about to say it at the same time I am, and it's called The Family Stone. And I love this modern-day classic. For I, I think it's really the epitome of what is a modern family today. I mean, it is the closest thing to who we are and how we are, and the realness of the dilemmas we go through, the mix of the family, the mix of the diversity within a family. And I just love everything about it. And speaking of houses, this is in Riverside, Connecticut. And of course, I went by this house when I lived in Connecticut. But for me, the life lesson in this movie is that despite disagreements in families, there is more love. And you just need to work through it. And here we have this beautiful family in this beautiful environment, and there's a little bit of healthy conflict happening, and they're figuring out how to balance their differences. But with love and a little bit of respect and understanding, they work through it. And I think we just have to remember that as we go through life. And that's what I love about this movie.
1: The moment for me that speaks really to my heart, and I would agree with what you said about conflict. I think the fact that there's a gay son who's really tight with his mother, Yep. it speaks to me personally, and I just love their relationship and the fact that Diane Keaton has his back, conflict or no conflict. And that for so, I mean, the this was the first movie where I actually didn't i it, it was great to have Sarah Jessica Parker as a character who wasn't lovable or that everybody was immediately rooting for the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it was really interesting to watch. There's a scene at the dinner table where they start asking some really interesting questions.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And you see it start to go awkward and more awkward and then just down a path. And I can't tell you how many dinners or family occasions that have somewhat veered close to that not with any ill intent but I think they just kind of evolve and that does speak to the family it really does in all its complexity
0: and I'm so glad you hit home on that because I agree with you and I I will tell you do you remember when she threw the fork on his plate mm-hmm. okay when she takes picks up her fork and she throws it over on him and she said hey you i love you mm-hmm. And you know what? She didn't get into don't listen to them. Right. She didn't get into she's terrible. She didn't get into any of these other dynamics, Jim. Yeah. She looked right at her son for who he was and said, I love you. And we forget how powerful those three words are because she was, she was clearing the noise. She was clearing the deck. She wasn't here to say, It wasn't about what went wrong. She just wanted her son in that very moment to know in that conflict, she loved him. And I think I'm so glad you brought that up because that was a powerful scene. And Craig T. Nelson
1: is fabulous.
0: It's fabulous. And it role models and it's the essence of family and what family looks like in today's
1: Mm -hmm. world
0: and how Craig T. Nelson is a modern day father. Sure. And it's just, and even I must say this when the girlfriends kind of switch up and who ends up with who, there's no bitterness. Sure. At the end. And I think that's what, you know, you can heal anything. And I think this movie is just, it's just amazing. And I do agree with you. I love the dynamics of the gay couple. I love the dynamics of them adopting. I love the dynamics of the brother with, you know, how they switch who they fall in love with. I love the dynamics of the sister hooking back up with her old boyfriend from high school. (laughs) Yes. I just adore that movie. But I think my favorite fashion statement was really the whole essence of what we would call casual wear like the sweaters were done perfectly like if you look at every sweater that every male had on in that movie Craig T Nelson's cardigans mm-hmm. the crew necks with the cables that the the one brother who is deaf and I can't remember his name in the movie but his cable sweaters if you look at all of them the mix of sweaters it wasn't fancy. It was really just approachable, and that's what I loved about the fashion statement in that movie. Your thoughts?
1: I think, yeah. There is, first of all, I think Diane Keaton is unbelievable.
0: Oh God, isn't she?
1: I think they they have her with this big ch- statement necklace. With oh my God, popped white collar and the skirt with the elastic band, and that is that's a great look for her. But there is one where she comes in and it's a camel-colored robe.
0: Oh my God, Christmas morning, yes.
1: And she's got it on for Christmas morning and it is the most fantastic robe I think I've ever seen. And there's just something about the way she looks in it and it goes right into the where they go into the kitchen and they knock Sarah Jessica Parker with the, with the dish everywhere, and then they start fighting and the whole the, the, the best scene of the movie when the the table falls on the on the two boys fighting underneath it's:
0: Oh my God, that is the best scene: It is just.
1: It made me howl with laughter because it's just something that would happen. But there's something about the way she comes down in that robe. And I'm like, my goodness, you look like Christmas morning, but done up a little done up Diane Keaton style.
0: Yeah. Well, Diane Keaton, come on. And so if you
1: like her and this is a moment. So that was probably my my fashion moment.
0: So, my drink that I would have in hand to watch this movie, it's interesting because I thought of a beer because of the scene in the bar. And that just felt like, you know, and I was trying to figure out is that Molson X? What was that beer?
1: I think it's Molson.
0: Was it Molson X? Mm-hmm. I was like, I might have to have a Canadian beer and just say that is my drink of choice for that movie. I, or Sybil's coffee <laughs> can make it up. But like for me, it's either coffee. The little Baileys in it or something. I'm not going to sit there dry, but... Yeah. Know, it's like, you know... Yeah, dry. What's, your, what's your thought?
1: Eggnog all the way.
0: <gasps> eggnog. Love that. Great eggnog
1: with some nutmeg on top. Oh, my gosh, would it be great. I know. I can't get enough of that as a holidays, and I think that's perfect for that one.
0: I think so, too. Okay, so let's move on to our last one, which... Charlie Brown. Oh, and we decided we had to have an animated movie on here. We had to go back to our childhood. And Jim, tell us your life lesson for this.
1: You know, I think for this is the big and little things matter. And Charlie Brown is depressed at Christmas, even though he loves it. He's kind of depressed by how he sees it being commercialized. He gets a small tree and he's all excited about it. And then it kind of gets poo-pooed. And I think you touched on this earlier when you talk about living in kind of an Instagram, Pinterest mode. You know, who's got the most gorgeous tree? Well, the most gorgeous tree is one that speaks to you and comes out in your heart. And I think over the course of the movie, he starts to see that. His friends come and they decorate the tree. Linus puts the blanket over it. And I think it just... Warms your heart. It's a feel good movie and throughout the end of it and it really shows you what Christmas itself should be about.
0: Totally. And I I mean, who doesn't love Charlie Brown? Who doesn't listen to that soundtrack? I mean, right. That is my soundtrack of choice for the holidays. That's the first thing I know. That's not a question. But I do think the life lesson is the simple things. And, you know, the littlest tree is very meaningful. And I know that there's symbolism there, that it doesn't have to be grand and beautiful to be beautiful. And I also feel Linus was just pure and utter love in that whole movie. Mm -hmm. Was he not? And we all need a Linus in our life.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so for me, if you don't have a Linus in your life, the life lesson of Charlie Brown is go find a Linus. Right on. I mean, you're my Linus. You're a Linus in my life.
1: Right back at
0: you. You know, and uh, oh my gosh, we had small trees growing up. My mom was not even five foot. So like Mm -hmm. if we went to go cut down a tree, if the tree was five three, she thought it was tall and and it was like easy to decorate, but it was small. And there were times I think growing up, I used to think, why don't we have a bigger tree? Mm -hmm. But you know, as I got older, I would die for that tree again.
1: Sure, of course.
0: For all that it meant.
1: Because what it meant.
0: For all that it meant. For all those memories, I would take the bubble lights and all and get that little tree back in front of me. And so for me, Charlie Brown, the life lesson is, it's not the big things in life that matter. It's the little things. Yep. And the meaning of that is we all need a little Linus in our life. I love it. And fashion statement, do you have one?
1: I do, as a matter of fact. So this is Linus and his security blanket remind me of there's a camel-colored cashmere throw I have on my sofa. And every time I come home and it's cold, which is in Chicago, it's no- November through April. So I just put that around me, and that has become somewhat of my security blanket. Uh-huh. And when I saw him with that and I thought that is my throw and I, you know, it's going to end up like a security blanket, much loved and, and, and just carried around. But that is, that's my fashion moment from then.
0: I just love how Charles Schultz put scarves on everybody. Oh, and you know what I mean? Like, yes. So I love me a good scarf. You bet. So for me, Charlie Brown was all about the scarf and, it was funny because when I thought about what drink you could do, hot chocolate, no doubt about it. I that was my drink. Was it yours, hot chocolate? Yeah. And mine was just a beautiful, beautiful chocolate martini, little froth on it. Maybe some espresso beans. I don't know. Maybe not. But that is what I would love to have. And you bet. To me, what a way to, you know, kind of. To me, Charlie Brown is probably the last movie to watch. It's a Christmas Eve movie. And you know why? I love the soundtrack. I love the movie. I just love the lightheartedness Mm -hmm. and just such a beautiful thing. So, this actually is one thing that we do at the end of every podcast, and I'm going to edit it this year. Okay. We're not going to talk about my five favorite questions. We're going to talk about one and only one in the spirit of the Christmas story. Sure. Sure. And that is, what is on your list this year for Christmas?
1: Wow, that's a good one. Actually, it's a new desk. (gasps) It's a new desk for my office. I've had one in there that I've probably made do with for quite a while. And it's time to get a really nice desk. So I think that's probably going to be, that's kind of top of mind for me.
0: And that's so you. Isn't it? That's so you. So I can picture it now. You with your beautiful crew sweater on, your Oxford shirt underneath, maybe a little pair of slippers underneath, and maybe you'll have a scarf on. You'll do a little Hemingway (laughs) moment. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I can so see that. Uh Oh, what's on my list? You know, it's funny. I thought about for my children, I wanted them to purchase something for my home in Maine so it would be meaningful. I love these Barbara Wilson taps called the Regent in polished Nickel for the bar area of our home. And I told the kids, why don't you buy them for us? Because we entertain. Sure. And what a beautiful gift is to give us our fixtures for entertainment, because that's what we're all about. And so I thought of that. I love that. Otherwise, I have really no requests, believe it or not. I just want to say happy holidays to you, Jim. You
1: as well. This has been wonderful. What a fun time.
0: And yes, and it's Hanukkah season, so I do know that you celebrate Hanukkah as well.
1: We do. Thank you.
0: So, you know, cheers to Hanukkah.
1: And cheers to you as well.
0: Yes. And for all the listeners, as my grandmother would always say, happy Christmas. Very British. My dear friend, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much, Anne. This has been wonderful. Merry Christmas.
0: Same to you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Classic and Curious. You can find the list of movies and cocktail recipes on our podcast page at styledbyark.com. Be sure to subscribe to Classic and Curious as we are thrilled with our 2024 lineup of guests. Guests that include coveted and famous chefs, well-known interior designers, travel and hotel features, and brands that exemplify classic elements for a classic styled life. Looking forward to our next time together. Ta-ta for now.